0: Hey everyone, C Note here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like a fishing line, keeping it real. Ha! Today on the show, we are talking about uh, realism—not realism like a painting expression, but like <laughs> the the realist, the person that identifies as the realist. I am sort of thinking about this concept of someone that does that. Um, I used to identify as that, and. It's sort of in relation to the sort of like the Buddhism perspective of realism, though I don't mention Buddhism really in this episode. Uh, But now that I think about it, (laughs) it's kind of like that. And the idea of like, are we actually observing reality to its fullest? Or are we observing reality in sort of a, a... a super basic form and calling it reality and calling ourselves a realist in relation to that sort of limited perspective of reality but using it as a cognitive blocker to really allow us to understand reality to limit our growth right sometimes you can get to a place where you have blind optimism and there's blind pessimism right and i think sometimes the realist wants to avoid doing either one of those or maybe they they want to avoid doing one in particular um and usually the realist is associated with being a little bit more negative or neutral, but I think it's, 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 it seems like more negative, but it's like, I'm, uh, you know, not necessarily, they would self identify as not being a pessimist, but they would often talk about saying like, uh, but I don't want to be a blind optimist I'm, I'm not blind optimist either. Like it's, it's like, there's some semblance of faith missing uh, in terms of like their own personal ability or like, you know, perceptions of the future and stuff like that. So we, so we break down all of that on this episode. I talk about that and also the human perspective in relation to that as well, because our human experience, at least with our sensory experience is pretty limited, a lot more limited than we think it is. And only when we're able to learn how to scrutinize and really learn and look at details of life and learn to turn our perspective and turn our head to see the actual perspective of things, do we actually see the beauty in all of the little details? So we're going to talk about all of that. Today on dopamine, let's go. Hello, friends. Welcome to the show. I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, Today on the show, we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about. Sometimes we just slur. You know, I got this Philly accent thing, and I just kind of slur words together. Sometimes we just like everything is jammed, packed, jam packed. (laughs) And instead of saying "Did you eat yet?", we say things like. Jeet yet and when i get into like philly slang like slow (laughs) um combinations of words and we just like talk way too fast uh it becomes a hot mess and um when i'm podcasting i cannot do that i need to make sure that you guys are understanding all the words that i'm saying (laughs) so i have to i have to deliberately slow down and take a breath and just chill out because you're listening to dopamine and yo that's dope Welcome. Welcome to the show. I appreciate you guys. Today I'm talking a little bit about realism or specifically the realists out there in the world. Yes, I am calling you out. If you refer to yourself as a realist, you better listen up, Bucko, cuz we are having a conversation because I've been there. You know, I was that guy. I've been I've done that for a long time. I think in a lot of ways I do still identify in some ways as a realist, but I think um the way that a lot of people use that term they utilize the word realist, is in this way that is like this accepting of fate, right? It is this way of saying like, I'm just a realist. This is just the way life is. Like, There's nothing I can do about it, right? And um, in the way that they put it, typically, it feels like uh, that there is this resignation to the fate of What anyone else is doing is just going to affect you and you have no control. It's like a submission, right? And I think it's the opposite of being a control freak. It is this submission to reality. Like, I'm just a realist. I don't know. These are just things that are just going to happen and there's nothing I could really do about it. And I'm just going to, I don't know. I'm just going to hand I'm just going to tolerate it. It's It's just whatever. I'm just a realist, man. I can't be optimistic. You know, I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I'm just someone that's just like, I just, I just see the real picture. I just see things for what they are. It's just it's just, reality. It's just what it is. I'm just a realist. Right? <laughs> and there was a guy that I picked up um, in my Uber the other day that was of that ilk, basically, and uh, seemed like a totally good dude. And I'm not insinuating that realists are like pessimistic or bad or anything like that, but I think there is an under-the-surface thing that is being disguised under the term of realist that this guy exemplified to me. He He basically was talking about he was there was just a lot of complaining going on. There was a lot of energy coming out of him that felt like things were just happening to him, and he had no control that you know somebody somebody did i think he was like an unhealthy i n t j to be honest he was just he was making all these assertions that like other people were making choices that ends that ended up affecting him like this other person screwed someone over and it ended up costing me my job because of this blah 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 blah. And started going down other rabbit holes of like the way that the he was saying like, oh, the city, man, I hate the city. They don't clean up the roads and they don't do this and they don't do th-. Everything was they, right? It was always someone else. Um, and then we got to the conversations about like government and he was just like, you know, the president and all of this and like, ah, oh, nothing. Like everything was just like, everything's chaos. And I'm just a person that is spinning in the void. <laughs> and uh, it just became this like, this conversation where it was just like this endless thing, and it did get to that point where it was just like, you know what? I'm I'm not necessarily a pessimist. It's not that I want to see things the bad bad way. I'm just I'm just the realist, you know. I'm just just seeing things for what they really are. I'm like, okay, but a little bit of optimism first of all doesn't hurt. And I'm not saying blind optimism. I think that's what the realist typically thinks when they say I'm not, you know, overly optimistic or I'm not pessimistic. They think that optimism. And so in some ways, rightfully so, that optimism is this blind optimism that you're just going to pretend that everything's OK, and that you're going to ignore what is going on in reality. That is basically the other side of this. It is not pessimism, that is the optimism is the opposite of optimism. I think it's realism. To be honest, <laughs> I think it's this, this reality, this, igno- this ignorance, of, you know, of optimism. Of that there's good things in the world, that your existence is a powerful thing to be appreciative of, right? That is reality, right? That is real. It is very real that you have the ability to wear clothes, that you have the ability to listen to this podcast, that you have a cell phone, that you have a car, or you don't, that's fine. Or, you know, whatever you have, you know, things that you have or the health that you have, even if you're unhealthy, there's elements of your health that are good. You know, you might be sick, but you might still have your legs, (laughs) you know, and that's a good thing to be appreciative of. Um, so, you know, those are not necessarily, it's not that you're ignoring the bad, which is what I think a realist is trying to say that like, I'm not going to ignore the bad things and that's good. But a realist is often ignoring the good things, (laughs) you know? So a realist, really to get that sense of balance you know realist is a little bit before that balance of like you know optimism and it's almost like an offshoot right where you've got like balance in the middle between optimism and pessimism because like being too optimistic is again ignoring reality and that can kind of lead to mania uh if you've got that sort of thing in your your genealogy and then uh, you know, going to pessimism too much and feeding off of those negative emotions is a way of avoiding all of the positive things going on in your life to avoid a sense of growth, right? So I think the realism kind of fits a little bit more closer to the pessimism side of things, but it's almost an offshoot of it, right? And that's the way I kind of think of it as as what it is, because realism is not necessarily like actually reality, you know if you were if you were actually aware of reality aware of the beauty of existence then you would actually be a little bit more buddhist and a little bit more centered in that balanced place right that's why i say like realism is almost an offshoot like a parallel to actual reality cuz again if you were existing and living in the space of reality you would be appreciating the beauty of the universe and the chaos of what things are but not necessarily submitting to it right because we're autonomous beings we have thoughts we have the ability to move our hands and grasp grasp things with our opposable thumbs like we have choices that we can make we have an ability to affect our immediate environment we are not submitted to the whim of other people and the things that are going on around us, right? So I think sometimes the perception of a realist or the thoughts that a realist has, and if you identify as a realist and I'm not quite identifying you here, then maybe I'm not talking to you. (laughs) So don't get upset. (laughs) You know, there are some people that do think this way. And again, I'm not trying to preach at you because I've been there. I've done this sort of thing. It's more so just kind of making, creating a sense of awareness because sometimes we use words as in a way that other people define them as, you know, we, we use the word realist because it's just a version of what it is that we're thinking. Like I can understand why someone who identifies as a realist would think that, yeah, all of these things that are just happening in life and I don't have any control over is their sense of reality. Their sense of reality is they don't have any control. They don't feel like they have control. And for them, that's reality. Reality is ever changing. Reality is uh, about perception and and you know about your perspective, right? So in a way, yeah, it is realist. But is it really real? Is it very matrix real? You know what I mean? It's like pulling the curtain back. It's maybe real in the reality that you've been sold, but not real in what actually is. So it's not real versus actual, I guess, (laughs) you know, it's kind of a weird way to put it, but you know, just, just, I think what happens sometimes and when it's like realist or like perfectionist or anything like that, there's this semblance of being done, right? Like I'm a realist. There's nothing I can change. There's nothing new that's changing. Everything is what it is. And it's going to be that way forever. Sometimes the perfectionist mentality gets into that place too. Like you get to a place where like, I'm perfect. I'm, you know, everything's, I'm a realist. I just look at things for what they are and you know, that's it. What's done is done. Right. Well, you're not dead. You're not dead. You're not. If you're listening to this and you're dead, please let me know. Um, i I would, I would love to hear from the other side. I'm, I'm down for proof. And, uh, <laughs> but, um, essentially it, it's, it's about that, realizing that like, yeah, you have control. You're not dead. You're, you have decisions you can make. Like, I know that we get up in arms about like government and, you know, maybe about religion or maybe about these big things that have these major dichotomies. You know, you're upset about football or something. I don't know, whatever it is. We get really upset about these dichotomies and we feel like we don't have control over them, but we just, we don't take time to narrow in on the little picture, the little baby picture of our lives and look at the things that we have control over. You can pick up a remote control and turn on the TV or turn off the TV. Don't have enough time in the day. Maybe you need to revalue evaluate uh, the time that you do have. Maybe you're just wasting the time that you have, right? And you're not using it in ways that feel good for you, right? So, you know, getting into a space where realism for you is about scrutinizing your perspective with reality consistently, I think if to get to get to a place where you're actually a realist is to evenly look at both sides. It's not about not being pessimistic or not being optimistic. It's about seeing what is actually there and what is actually there might happen to be positive or negative depending on your context, right? Like if you have a broken leg, that sucks. But it's only one broken leg. That's okay. <laughs> it could be worse. Right? I shouldn't even say it could be worse. It's, it's just that you know, both my bra- my both my legs didn't break, so that's fantastic. You know, I can still walk around. I can still move. I can still do things, not to the full extent and full speed, which sucks. That's but you know, there's nothing I can do about that specifically. Just kind of work on it and take care of it. And even so, it's like there is still things that you can control within that, right? You have control as to whether or not your, your therapy, your, your rehabilitation of that leg goes well or not, depending on how you choose to treat it. Right. If you're going to try to walk on it like normal and pretend like, Oh, well, it is what it is. I just have a broken leg. Now I'm going to try to walk like I'm a normal person. Like you're going to injure it more. You're going to hurt it. And you may permanently hurt yourself. All right. So you you probably heard the door open there. I decided to just throw an ad break there, but basically, uh, Molly's kids were coming in the door and, um, you know, podcasting with kids around is like the impossible dream, (laughs) you know, that'll, that'll never happen. So, um, unless I deliberately just want them hanging out in the background and like talking, I don't know, maybe I'll do a podcast where I ask them questions. That'll be fun. (laughs) Um, so I hope you guys understand that analogy, that idea that if you have a broken leg, you still have decisions within that situation, right? You might resign to being helpless and feeling like I can't do anything. I'm this is my reality now. I, I it's harder to do stuff. I shouldn't just do stuff, right? And just not looking at the micro, the idea that you've got stuff, you've got decisions that you can make, and I think that is probably the, the big piece of advice that I could probably give to someone who identifies as a realist and maybe identifies with what I'm talking about here and feels like, okay, you know what? That does make sense that maybe I'm not looking at all aspects of reality. And, um, you know, I need to kind of zone in a little bit because I think that's what it is. You need to like zoom in a little bit and look at what are some of the things that are, that are also reality, but that are also good things in your life, you know, consistently. Cause if you are, identifying as a realist you got to fully embody it it's not about pulling away and calling yourself an optimist because i think a realist refers to an optimist as a blind optimist optimism is not necessarily blind um the realism factor needs to consider and scrutinize like considerably and consistently right so if you're if you're referring to yourself as a realist like are you actually scrutinizing in the ways that you know are are removed from bias as best as possible. Cause there's always bias within anything. I think the realist is trying to identify themselves as an unbiased person and that in itself is a bias. <laughs> so whoops. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I think the best thing that we can do is like zoom in and just examine the specificity of reality. There's a book that I've been reading lately called why you love this photo. And it really goes into, The it goes into photography and breaking down like focus and time and perception and all of these different uh, ideas conceptually that go into photography. And one of the things that I really loved about it is it introduces the book by exclaiming that he was someone that was trying to, he was like in an art class and he was trying to write down. Or no, he was trying to, to do a charcoal, like a um, life drawing situation. And um, he basically had to do a drawing of some like tin cans or something. It was nothing crazy. And um, he essentially had to, there was there was a point where he was like having a really hard time figuring out the detail. Like I just feel like I couldn't get it right. And he was struggling. And the teacher came over and he decided to draw or or tie the content crayon Onto the end of a long twig, <laughs> a long stick, basically, and told him, okay, now do it again. And because of the difficulty of how much he had to focus on the details to try to get this thing right, he ended up drawing the most detailed drawing that he's ever done in his life. And that is because with a different tool and a different perspective, you're forced to look at the details in a new way, like something like a tin can we don't typically take in all of the details of a tin can. We don't look at the form. We don't look at all the rivets. We don't look at all the little bends and edges or the way that light hits up, hits off of it and the shadows and how everything specifically happens within this moment. Because not only does our vision deceive us, but our experience deceives us. And I think this is true for a lot of realists that, they're relying on their past experiences to say that that's something happened before within this. So I can predict the future. I know what this is. I know what reality is. I know what's going to happen. It's the same thing again. <laughs> it's like the same old story. And if you take time to look at the nuance, to look at the detail, to look at all the edges and even, and even approach it from a different perspective or a different tool set or a different, whatever, and force yourself, whatever the case is, to focus in on the details, you'll see so much more beauty in the world. Have After realizing that, realizing that there are all sorts of little details and situations that we do not take in because our experience deceives us, our experience fills in all of the blanks, right? And makes us feel as though that we know the entire picture without having to look at it. You know, anytime you look, you know, look in your kitchen, the next time you go in your kitchen, like... Go at somebody's room in the halls, so there's going to be a noise in a second, but I'm going to keep talking. (laughs) Um, Go in your kitchen. Look at all the stuff that you have in your cabinets. You know, you don't look at the labels. You don't look at the specific things. There's so much stuff that you miss. Take like a can of beads or something and scrutinize it. Look at it. You know, look at all the edges. Look at how the light bounces off of certain things. Look at all the words that are on it read it you know look at the colors look at you know maybe there's a transition in the colors in the label that you did not realize existed there before right so this idea that you just take this thing this mundane thing that you stare at all the time that you probably use pretty consistently and because in our lives we have no reason to stop and look and scrutinize this we're like yeah it's a a freaking can of beans like why am i Why would i care right but that is the same thing that many of us do when we refer to ourselves as some sort of realist feeling like we know all the details. We know everything. We know everything that the news has told us. We know everything about politics. We know everything about, um, you know, all these, these cultural uh, social justice warrior things. <laughs> you know, we know all the details. We know that someone's evil. We know that someone's good. We know that we should go after this. We know, we just know, we know everything, right? But if we take the time to look at the details and scrutinize it in a, you know, good or bad way, you can really, you could look at the can of beans and be like, this thing is like uglier than I thought it was like, but you're still accurately judging it, right? (laughs) You're not just judging it based on a screenshot in your mind and your, and like the peripheral vision that you have. Another part of the, the book that I really appreciate is this idea that, you know, not really the idea, but the fact that our vision while we have a 180 degree field of view, we only focus on very narrow field of view at any given time. And you can't, we can't unfocus the way that a camera does, right? We can't choose where to focus unless we turn our head and our neck and things like that. Right. And our perverse peripheral vision is very limited information. A lot of the time our brain is filling in information based on what we've experienced before. And it's really just a vague picture. Like there's a sticky note here to the probably about, you know, if I'm facing forward, uh, probably a good 45 to 50 degrees to my right. And I can't read that sticky note at all if I'm staring forward. Right. So the idea is that unless I turn my head and look and actually look at this thing, then I can see that it says, I love you right in the messy middle, which is a really great sticky note. Thank you, Molly. <laughs> she leaves me sticky notes all the time. It's fantastic um, <laughs> um, but if I wasn't looking, I could maybe guess what it says based on my past experiences or whatever. but if i'm if I have no recollection of it, no experience with it, or if I have a limited experience with it, I could probably guess what I think it might say because I know Molly leaves me really great notes, and it's probably something with a heart on it, something really lovely, but I don't know exactly what it says unless I look at it and visibly scrutinize it and look at what it actually is right so That's the idea here is that like, you know, the, the thing about that realist thing is that, you know, we think we know what reality is, but all the time we, we don't, we only see a minute field of vision. Think about it even from that perspective, you know, we have three cones of vision, red, green, blue. I'm pretty sure it's red, green, blue. Um, and uh, some of us have a fourth field of vision, go women. Cause like, they're the only ones that can actually evolve that fourth field of vision, uh, in humans. But then there are like pigeons that have a whole lot more. And, um, there's, I forget what it is, but there's some sort of like sea creature that has like 16 feel, uh, uh, vivid colors that they can see. Like, that's amazing, you know, <laughs> but it's, We're limited by our evolutionary experience, right? We're limited by what it is that we are sort of built to be able to experience. Because again, the reason that we have even peripheral vision is so that we can see like a tiger moving in in the bush. We don't need to see the details of the tiger. We just need to know that it's there, right? And sometimes when we think about the politics that are going on, we think about the things that are happening in the world, we think about, you know... Some things, you know, we we have some semblance that we think our spouse is maybe cheating on us, but we have no idea for sure. We saw, like, they maybe acted a little shady because they, like, moved a certain way or something like that. We don't know the actual details. Like, you could see that something shoot moving in the bush and you decide to move out of the way because you think it's a tiger, which is smart, evolutionary-wise. Like, if there's something in there, you should probably get out of the way, <laughs> right? But we could look. And specifically see if there is something in there. I don't mean like, like a horror movie, like get closer, but I mean like turn your head, at least look to see for sure if there is a tiger so that you know, for sure that you should run versus like looking in the bush and maybe it was like a pigeon or something. And you're like, okay, that was silly. I I'm good. <laughs> I can keep doing what I'm doing. Right. And I hope all of that makes sense. Like, I hope that's, that's like the point here is that, you know, We need to scrutinize a little bit more and a little bit more accurately, right? We make so many loose judgments based on very little information all the time. And I think that's often what a realist does. We are taking all of this little bits of information, this very minute information that we have that we think is everything, right? (laughs) You know, we watched a couple of YouTube videos or we watched read a couple of articles or, you know, we talk to our other conservative or liberal friends or, you know, spiritual friends or something that's very limited in our experience that limits our experience even further than the limits of a human experience as it is. And think that we have all of the answers. Like what, (laughs) what are you talking about? We barely, we barely explored anything. Most people have not even explored past their block, their city block, right? (laughs) Like, come on, stop acting like, you know, things, right? And I say that to myself. That is a consistent reminder for me. I, I try to, I try to let you guys know that I'm not trying to preach here because it's really this is all a reminder for me to not do that. You know, because there's just so much life to experience. There's so many things going on out there that to feel like I know everything is just it's it's absurd. It's ridiculous, right? Um, and it's not to discredit myself and say that I shouldn't know anything, but I I open my eyes to learning that there's new things to experience all the time. And to call myself a realist is to devoid myself of possibilities. I find that optimism is also related to possibility, right? If you have optimism in your life, at least a drop of it, a tinge of it, a little bit, you can see that there are also positive possibilities. Because even though you might not necessarily be purposefully being a pessimist, if you are a realist, you are you might be denying yourself of positive opportunities, right? Because I, I've had so many people, again, in my Uber who are just like, I want to be a web programmer. And this kid worked at a call center and he's like, "I but I could never do that." You're stopping yourself way before the possibilities are even like remotely in your brain. Like you're there's something that's limiting you. There's something, you know, some social interaction that you had or you know, you can't just, you know, you don't know what the next step is, so you assume it's just completely impossible. And that's not being a realist. That's not even necessarily being a pessimist. That's just not actually being a realist. That's not seeing what is actually possible. There are other people who are programmers in the world, right? There are other people that are doing the thing that you want to do. So why is it impossible for you to be able to do it? Maybe you don't have the talent. That's fine. That happens. But like, there's typically something within that field that you could even pursue and learn too. And maybe even sometimes the pursuit of that thing could lead you to another thing, right? I make music, I don't think I'm the best at it. I don't think I'm Dave Grohl by any means, but I think I can make good music for me. I think I can make music that I enjoy. I may not be able to make a living off of it. Maybe I could. I don't know. I haven't really given it my best effort just yet, right? So the fact that I can at least open myself up to that possibility, but I'm not selling myself on that future. I'm not saying this specifically happens to have, has to happen or I will end my life, right? Uh, This is just one of numerous possibilities that I can approach, right? And I know sometimes there's like an idealism that comes up in your mind. Like I want to do this specific thing. It's like ride or die and great. Maybe you can develop the skill and talent to do that thing and you can focus on it and you don't have a plan B, right? I mean, maybe that's part of it too. Maybe there are too many plan B's in life (laughs) and you need to push towards the thing you actually want to do. And that's actually making you feel like you can't do the thing that you want to do because the practical option is in the way. Getting on a tangent into another territory completely, but um, really, the main idea here is that realistic, realistically, optimism is a part of reality. Pessimism is a part of reality. You know, talking yourself down from things and talking yourself up is a part of reality. Saying something good or bad is a part of reality, right? And all of the details that you're missing are a part of reality, you know? So being a realist, I don't really even think you know what that means, right? I'm going to pause for a second because <laughs> I think it's important, right? And and if you are unsure, if you still listen to this and you're just like, you know what? Nah, screw you. I'm still a realist, Right. I want to know what that means. Like, that's what I'm curious about. I want to know what you mean by being a realist, because I'm mostly referring to that one guy that came in my Uber and he was just like, you know, I'm not a pessimistic person, but I'm a realist. And with the taxes changing and with all this changing and my job being lost and like, you know, things not going my way right now. Like, you know, things just suck right now. I'm like, yeah, but you're alive and you're breathing and you have clothes and you're in this Uber which didn't exist in Rochester a year ago. And I'm getting you to work in a snowstorm, (laughs) right? Um, You know, just because there are things that are not happening doesn't mean that there aren't things that are happening. There are always good things happening. And it's not to ignore the bad things. I think that's just as bad as focusing on the bad things. But to be aware of everything that's really where it's at. And I think that's a good place to end. So, uh I feel good about that. Uh, that that second half went on a lot longer than I thought it was, but uh, than it was going to, but uh I think it's really important. And if you are still identifying yourself as a realist, like I want to know what that means. I want to I want to know the details, right? And I don't, don't don't come at me with this like you're a jerk. No. <laughs> I'm not interested in that. I would legitimately want to know what your definition of you being a realist actually is. And that's not for me to judge you. I'm not setting you up to come at you, right? I genuinely want to know. I'm curious so that I can, you know, more accurately uh, sort of define what that means and, you know, identify if my scrutinizing in this episode is accurate, right? And and actually the point here is not to like scrutinize in any sort of negative way to make you feel bad about quote unquote identifying as a realist or feeling that way, right? It's, It's about looking at, all angles of the situation and really helping you that that's the point is I want to help people. That's why this podcast exists, right? I want to help you be able to identify that this is a, a potential moment or blocker for you that you can, a moment of growth, an opportunity to look at this thing that you keep identifying as that's actually potentially holding you back, right? There are plenty of people that probably re- identify as realists and they're totally fine, but um, I don't know. As far as I understand, I don't think it's helpful. <laughs> so I'm curious. Let me know, uh, hit me up at let's go see note at, uh, on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, Twitter is probably a better spot. If you want to throw that at me, there's also anchor.fm slash dopamine or dopamine.life to subscribe to the show. You can also leave a voice message there. If you are, uh, if you download the anchor app and, um, uh, leave a rating and review. That would be absolutely amazing. I also just put my Super Myers-Briggs to X course onto Teachable and have rebranded it as the MBTI Breakdown. So that is 30 plus segments of talking about dichotomies and thinkers and feelers and um, judging and perceiving and learning styles and all sorts of crazy stuff. There's just so much in there that is this full contextual understanding of Myers-Briggs after you take like a Myers-Briggs test and you're like, okay, I don't really even know what this means. Maybe they told me what my personality type is, but like, why should I care about this? And that's really what this is about. Right? Like that's the, it's the next step to understanding how to even think about this or utilize it. Right? So that's, that's what that is. So you can go to bit.ly slash what is it? Um, and yeah, a bit.ly slash MBTI breakdown, capital M B T I B and then, breakdown is, (laughs) is in lowercase letters. Um, it is case sensitive or you can just go to dopamine.teachable.com. That'll work too. D O P E A M I N E. Yo, that's dope. Um, so that's it. I think that's all I got right now. I got some stuff coming up. I got the millennial summit coming up soon. I don't, I forget the name of it specifically, but I did an interview about mental health and, um, Myers Briggs and the relation between the two. So that should be really interesting. That's coming up, uh, at the end of March. And some other things coming, working on some courses, I am doing sort of a 300 episode anniversary program for like dopamine's greatest hits and sort of a walkthrough, uh, of my personal development journey to help you mentally calibrate, uh, using a lot of these episodes and and how to go through them. Cause I talked about like Enneagram passion prompting and like Myers Briggs and, all these concepts about like, you know, not caring about what other people think and, (laughs) you know, ego death. And there's just so much going on. So, um, you know, that's coming in the next, I don't know, maybe two months or so. I'm not really sure. I have a list and that's really where it's at. So, um, that's it. That's everything that's going on. If you want to learn about me, go to cnote.media and, uh, that's it. So, uh, I hope you can take a moment to scrutinize yourself. If you're someone that refers to yourself as a realist, Not to discredit you, just to ask, like, what does that mean? You know, really define it. What does it mean to be a realist? And are you doing it to its utmost accuracy? Right? So that's what I want to know. Hit me up. I'll see you guys later. Peace out. And peace out a town peace up a town down i forget that's how you do it right you put the peace sign and then you go down yeah all right take care of yourselves and each other and i'll catch you next time on dopamine see ya bye